<laughs> Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fast Day with Films. It's just so great. You can't not do a Beetlejuice thing, right? Ah, there was Beetlejuice news this week too. That, oh. uh, that it's still going on. <laughs> that it's, it's gonna happen. Uh, that would be great, man. Um, Michael Keaton's uh, really making it happen lately. Well, he won the SAG Award thing for um, Dope Sick. Yep, yeah. and he won. He already had won that the Emmy for it, and now there's. All sorts of pictures of him in his Batman outfit on the Flash. Oh, so, that's dope! I haven't yeah. seen that yet. I haven't seen any of the images yet. I saw the the Batmobile. I think they showed. Or oh, really? Like that. So that's awesome. Uh, I'm totally. Have you watched any more of Peacemaker? I haven't, dude. Oh, my I, God, it's the best show I've seen in five. Years. I like the. I like the. Oh, I love. It's, it. it's, I love every th- single thing about it. I've seen the first five episodes twice because I rewatched it again with Christina. I was. Like, oh yeah. I was like. I only got two episodes left, but I will rewatch the other five if you want. And she's like, "Let's do it." That opening makes me smile more than anything. I don't remember right it now. at the moment. Like it's the been musical weeks. opening when he slides. Oh, in that's and, right. Yeah. Oh, it's so great, dude. Yeah, that I still need to get Rogers the musical T-shirt. That's gonna be that's gonna be <laughs> yeah. one of my next ones. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I highly uh, highly recommend that. I got a great T-shirt on today, by oh. the way. White men can't jump. That's right. Nineteen eighties NES character. With uh, Billy Ho? Sidney Dean and Billy Hoyle and their stats. I, I always got to say his name like uh, Kadeem Harrison does. <laughs> Billy Ho? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we go and sizzle. Oh, God. Dude, I love that movie, great man. Movie. Now I want to watch White Man Can't Jump. Yeah. It's not obscure enough. Sorry. I know. <laughs> I still, my favorite quote from it is, what is a quince? Yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> you see any good movies this week? Ah, uh, let's see. Movies? No, I, I that documentary I was telling you about. Um, well, I mean, I saw this movie. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah. That, that counts. <laughs> I've seen all sorts of obscure movies this week. I've been I've been trying to knock out two a day. Like I put in a movie when I get up in the morning and I'm having coffee, and I've been watching some obscure like '70s Charles Bronson. Dude, movies. how are you not like? On my six hundred pound life, just yeah, sitting I know, here, I know. like you're like a skinny, in shape <laughs> dude, and all you do is sit on the couch, drink sure. coffee, and watch movies. Oh, like it's wonderful, yeah. it's a wonderful life when you work overnight and you only need a few hours of sleep. So, <laughs> yeah, so I've been catching up on a lot of seventies like grunge uh, cop dramas or hmm. uh, i watched death hunt with lee marvin and charles bronson and it's awesome man it was very like first blood-esque and uh yeah i'm excited and i've been watching a lot of 4k movies because i've been obsessed with my uh my new blu-ray player yeah. and uh been and so, i went from 12 yeah, last time to 24 yeah. Yeah, technically that was two weeks it took, so well it's we're we're a gonna lot of keep that happened. A, a, a recorded yeah, history. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> like, well, what really jumped that number up to is I some guy on eBay was selling all of his uh like his 4K Blu-rays apparently for $7 each and $2 shipping and he would combine the shipping so it would only be like $2 for all of them. Oh wow. And I bought 2001 The Goonies, Predator, Alien 
and there was one more in there. They were all like, "Oh my god, I have to have all these." Right? Movies. Yeah, I mean so, that's a... oh Ghostbusters. Oh, the, shit. the original Ghostbusters. That's great. Uh, so I was super excited. So I'm gonna go on it, and they're supposed to come in the mail. I think either today or tomorrow. So I'm gonna go on it. So which ones have you watched? Uh, oh, I've been watching a bunch. Yeah. I watched uh, 1917, but there's a lot of ones like I put ET on last night, mm-hmm. and some of them I get stuck and I'll watch the whole thing. Other, like Karate Kid, you put Karate Kid in, man, I just can't. <laughs> I, I wanted to see the opening. You're the best. Uh, I just it just played in the background, and I just turned my girl. I said, I, she's like, I thought we were watching a scene. I said, Yeah, well now we're watching Karate <laughs> Kid. It's one big scene. Yeah, it's good when the credits roll. But we'll like stop. ET, I jumped to the par when they're going to Halloween, and uh, uh-huh. just what I would think would be a cool looking part. Uh, First Blood looks awesome. Die Hard looks great. I've, almost none of them look bad, but some of them are like, like I just got Winter Soldier and Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, wow. And you know those are going to have to look Those good. are like Any of the modern quality. ones are automatically going to look good. I'm, I'm more concerned about, like I got Psycho on 4K, and I oh, was wow. like, oh, black and white in 4K. How's this going to look? Yeah. Crisp. I really? mean, that's kind of what it, it does. It's the best it's ever looked. So I don't know if you remember this or not, but many, many pods ago, um, I mentioned a buddy of mine named Hille, um, who like hadn't seen, we were doing 80s comedies and mm-hmm. he hadn't seen like any 80s comedies. And then he hadn't seen like the Star Wars and we were giving him shit on that's the pod. Crazy. Yeah. Well, he came back to town here recently and I saw him and he asked me if I'd seen any good movies. I told him about the pod. And uh, he told me that down in Orlando, he went to a 4D movie. Oh, nice. With, with, with the, the, yeah, the with stuff. With the snow and like yeah. the cold. The and seats and rumble the, and they pump in. Not like, only do uh, they rumble, he said they actually like move around, you know. I know um, with the uh, car chase scenes, they'll pump the smell of rubber in. That's crazy. He said it was 40 bucks for a ticket. Yeah, yeah. But dude, I'd it's go. It's an experience. I think I, I might go see uh, Doctor Strange. Interesting. Yeah, you have to pick the right movie to do it, yeah, too. I think that would and be, that would a, be a that would be an awesome kind of one to see it. I've been wanting to see the ones where they play the live orchestra. No, oh, no, those wow. are like a hundred dollars a ticket, but yeah, it's worth it. If that you could, would be really. They're cool. like playing Harry Potter, and then you've got the orchestra right in front of the screen That's playing awesome. along with it. I was yeah. like, oh, I definitely would be up for that. So, yeah, I could probably get I would, could probably get my wife to go to the four D ones just because it's an experience. It would more be pretty cool. I, like normal. I really want to do that. Probably, now. man. There's some rumors going on with Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange may just go off the chain, I, dude. I. I literally, if I even see a picture or the words Doctor Strange, I scroll. Well, I, 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 don't I think know what anything. they've, what they've, you come to the conclusion is it's such a wacky kind of anything can happen type of thing that anything could happen. Yeah. I think the only thing that's been confirmed is the X-Men are definitely going to be worked in it. Really? And it it's be dealing with the multiverse. So it's their opportunity to, I think they're going to do the John Krasinski Fantastic Four, but he might only be one of the many kind of, uh, uh, what do you call multiverse characters. Right. So there could be three or four different Fantastic Fours. And, and everything. then they'll just kind of narrow it down to who M- does may- the best. Maybe or something like that. Wouldn't so. that be interesting, though? Like, well, we're not sure who's going to test better, so we'll put you all in Which this Which is ridiculous. Movie. Everyone wants Krasinski and his wife to be in those roles. Yeah, so that would be, be pretty good. So I'm, I'm interested to see it. I'm already on board. Yeah. But... We're going to talk about some some great nostalgia, some shit at some points. <laughs> There's some good stories about this movie and the making of it and everything that happened. It was a huge movie in our childhood, so if you clicked on this, you already know we're going to be talking about some Maxim Overdrive today. God, this was a, this was a great movie for the time period yeah. and the age that we were. 
I didn't know that Stephen King directed this. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah. like I because I watched this again last night and uh, get it, some good trivia about Stephen King. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but like the fact that I now know that he directed this makes it so much better. Yeah, like he was completely coked out out of his mind during the entire picture and, I'm sure. and barely remembers any of it. I'm sure. At some point he had to leave the picture to go to rehab and they're pretty sure that George Romero directed the rest of it. Really? Because George Romero was on the set a lot because they had recently done Creep Show together. So they oh, were good wow. friends because of Creep Show. Mm-hmm. And uh he would Stephen King's only directed one movie in his life and it's this one. Yeah, that's so, why I was so surprised. Yeah, and it's and they People have asked him, and I think that one of my trivia is that uh, people ask him, why haven't you directed anymore? And he says, go watch Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not a huge fan of Maximum Overdrive, but I loved it. I loved the uh, the feel for it, just kind of the, the grungy killings that were in it, the crazy character actors, and AC DC doing the entire Entire story. soundtrack, dude. Yeah. That's, that, it was crazy, yeah. man. I, I saw it. that, too. I was like, are you kidding me? Like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, you have memories of watching this on uh, VHS or cable, or how do you so, watch this? So uh, yeah, I remember it on cable, and I remember I was young, and I remember that truck scared the shit yeah. out of me, like to the point of like when I saw it on the box at like Blockbuster or something. Yeah. Even when I was older, like I was like, I don't even want to look at that. I box, loved it, and know? try getting the marketing back uh, now for a Green Goblin kind of uh, the thing. Uh, that, the image, yeah. They Marvel wasn't making any money back then, so they were giving out to whoever wanted. So is it. that supposed to be the Green Goblin? Oh yeah, that's it, straight that's up. The Green Goblin. That's what I thought yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've watched the movie probably conservatively. I've probably seen the movie fifteen times, maybe since yeah. I was young, and I don't think until the last time I just watched it that I realized that that was Frankie Faison's truck. He got out of it. Oh at, yeah. At one point when he pulled up, I to didn't the thing. know that either. And yeah. It, maybe it's because I'd been so long since I'd seen it, and maybe I wasn't as familiar with Frankie Faison. Sure. Because when he when he showed up, I was like, "Oh, Frankie Faison's getting out of the fucking goblin truck." I said, "Who knew that that whole time that that thing's attacking everyone? That's yeah. his truck." Yeah, I definitely didn't realize that yeah, either. That's crazy. I think you know because again, I saw it so young. I think I was just under the impression that nobody was driving anything. Yeah. The, the vehicles were just automatically up on their until own. that certain point. That's what that was the case. Yeah. Too so. Let's work. Let's uh, check some of the cast out here since we're tra- talking. Really great character actors in this movie, man. And people that this was what was the year on this? 1986. 85? Oh, 86. 80, okay. July 25th, 1986. So this was a summer movie. Uh, Milo Estevez. Yeah. Man, I love Milo Estevez. I, just as good as Charlie, in my opinion. Just as did just as many great movies. Oh, yeah. As him growing up. I love. Uh, have you seen Repo Man? Like the uh, the old school, him and Harry Dean Stanton, and they uh, repoed cars, but it was an alien type of situation going no, on. No, I don't think it. so. It was I, really great. It sounds familiar, um, though. Maybe I saw parts of it. Uh, I used to love Stakeout and Another Stakeout. I actually liked Another Stakeout more than the I first one. I forgot about out. those. The one with Rosie uh, yeah, Rosie O'Donnell was right. really fun. Yeah, that's right. When she right. had to go on the stakeout with them as one of their wives, yeah. it was really good, man. Yeah, I was always that, a fan of the stakeout. He had that, movies. like, shitty mustache yeah. yeah they made him shave it for the second one That's he's like right. i've had that uh, mustache for 20 years how long have you had yours yeah. <laughs> oh so great yeah shit i've had my fucking beard and mustache for i was excited years. when emilio estevez remember he had dropped off a while after men at work which is oh, still yeah. one of my favorite comedies um 
He dropped off the face of the planet for a while, and then he showed up in the Mission Impossible movie. And we're like, holy fuck, Emilio Estevez is in, Milo, uh, is in Mission Impossible. Oh, that's right. And they kill yeah. him at the beginning it, like, in the at elevator. At the very first Mission yeah. Impossible, that's right. And they yeah. kill him in the elevator at the beginning. I was like, oh, that really sucks. I would have loved to see yeah. him go. Uh, but then he directed a shitload. I heard about that, too. Uh, that movie Bobby, which my mom is a big fan of. Mm, about I don't the, think uh, I know it's that about one. the assassination of uh, Robert Kennedy. Oh, yeah, I don't know that uh, It starred shitloads of people. It all took place at that hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good, so... Obviously, has I, famous brother and uh, I know father. he. Yeah, um, I know he came back recently. I saw it in the news about him not coming back again. But oh, that, for, for the, the Mighty, Mighty Ducks, Ducks thing, yeah. Um, I think yeah, I think they talked him into doing one season, and then he was out. Yeah, I think he was done after that. Yeah. But I, I think there were some issues that they had with him. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I, I could be wrong. Hmm. I'm not trying to start rumors, but you know, fuck, man. I know, right? My family's been through enough with Charlie. I know, right? <laughs> Uh, Pat Hingle, I love Pat Hingle. He's one of my favorite character actors. He played uh, Hendershot, the asshole yeah. guy who worked at the. Uh, he owned the place. He owned the place, yeah. man. He he's been in so many great like old Clint Eastwood movies. He was in Hang 'Em High, Sudden Impact. Uh, one of the major ones I remember. There's two roles other than this that I always remember Pat Hingle in, and one of them is Batman. He's Commissioner Gordon. Okay. In in the '89 Michael Keaton Batman. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brewster's Millions. He was one of the guys that oversaw. He wasn't the two shady lawyers that tried to screw him up. He was one end. of the good. Like, he was the good guy. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Uh, at that very end, uh, yeah. he shook his hand. You're a good man. You need a receipt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I love Pat Hingle. Laura Harrington is the kind of love interest in this movie. I don't remember her from anything else, but then I looked her up and she was in Buckaroo Bonsai, which I love, but I don't remember her in it. Uh, What's Eating Gil- Gilbert Grape and The Devil's Advocate. I wonder who she was in The Devil's Advocate. She could have been one of the really pretty kind of uh, she Satan the, She uh, wasn't Satan the girls. sister. She could have been one of Al Pacino's Satan girls. Yeah, maybe. She does look familiar, though. One of my favorite people in this, who I was kind of annoyed with her back in the day, and now I just find her endearing and Lisa cute. Lisa Simpson? Is, yeah, is Yardley Smith, which yeah. I just watched... Um, the Legend, Legend of Billie Jean. Jean. Oh, finally right. saw it. I yeah. loved it. I knew I that was, was going to love it. That was, it'll, it'll be on one of our uh, pods for sure. That was going to be on my list of movies you have to watch. Yeah, if, yeah. If I, I love it, I have the Blu-ray for it. Awesome. I just bought the Blu-ray. Fair really is fair. Good. Yeah, fair is fair, man. I love her, man. Yeah. I loved her before that, and how you not love her after that? Yeah, I, you know, yeah. Like, she's just so great. But Yardley Smith was good in it too. Yeah. I always thought she was great. And so, yeah, if you're not familiar, Lisa Simpson, she was also in Legend of Billy Jean. She was in Three O'clock High. You can't miss her when she sees her. That voice, yeah, she opens Lisa her Simpson. mouth. Like, you can hear it. Yeah. Uh, City Slicker. She was in Toys, which I never cared for, but she's perfect for that movie. Yeah. Uh, that movie was nothing but annoying. Like you're talking about the, the Robin Williams, the Robin Williams, Williams one. one? Yeah, oh, yeah. It was so annoying. I love that. Movie. Uh, as good as it gets. Uh, her husband was John Short. Now, do you know who you know him from? Motherfucking Digstown. That's right. I no man can fight t- 12 men. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I was watching it Buster, last right? night. Yeah, Buster. Yeah. Um, I was watching it last night, and when he first came on screen, I was like, he looks really familiar. Like, I know this guy, but I can't figure it out. And by the end of the movie, his hair got slicked back yeah. a little bit and got laid down. And all of a sudden, it was Buster, and I was like, oh, shit, that's awesome. For most actors with me, my brain is like almost photographic when it comes to movies and actors. Like where they cross and, over yeah, into Yeah, where, and where are they from and everything. Yeah. And I can always tell, like, I'll see someone for, like, like a good example is The Legend of Billie Jean. You know, mm-hmm. that the asshole that tried to rape her and everything. Uh-huh. Uh, 
all I had to hear was his voice, and immediately I was like, oh, that's the white-haired guy from Untouchables that Sean Connery uh, has a fight with in the alley. Interesting. The real Irish guy. He, he made, it's only three years difference between that movies. I think he whitened his hair for, wow. uh, for Untouchables. But I heard his voice, and I was like, I can picture that guy getting really pissed off. Yeah. And then it, and it took me 10 seconds. I was like, ah, Untouchables. Yeah. Well, yeah. and there's another guy on that that's the exact same thing for me. Oh, really? Uh, on oh, on here? cast list here? Who else you got? It's uh, Eddie Arcanian. Oh, Eddie Arcanian. We'll jump right to him, man. Yeah. Christopher Murney. I love mm. Eddie Arcadian, oh, man. Dude. He is so completely different looking completely in this movie. Completely different. He really is. He is kind of a chameleon, and I loved him as Eddie Arcadian, but I, I, but equally, he was not- li- I equally like him as the shady Bible, Bible salesman, salesman <laughs> who like, was going to just kill that kid in the swamp at yeah, the end, man, dude. or in the ditch. Uh, so other things you might know uh, Christopher Murney from is... Uh, Taking a Pelham one two three. I love that movie, man, and I have to rewatch it to see who he is. Is that the one with Walter Matthau? Yeah, the one. The Walter you gave Matthau me that. One. I watched that. It's yeah, really well, fucking. It's good. really good. But did you pit? Did you come oh, across I Eddie? I would have never noticed that he was in it. Do you know one of the guys? Uh, the guys who take over the train. Mm. One of them's the guy from Jaws. You know, the main guy is uh, is Quint from Jaws. Oh, really? And then you've got Hector Alexando is one of them, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a couple more. But one of the guys is uh, Wilson from uh, Home Improvement. No shit. Yeah, Wilson. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love it. Uh, Howdy, neighbor. <laughs> so, yeah, he was in Take on Pelham 123. He was in Slapshot, Last Dragon, of course. Secret of My Success, which I just bought. Didn't realize yeah. I did not own it. And I was like, I don't own Secret of My Success. Do, bow, bow. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie, man. <laughs> uh, and Barton Fink. I always loved uh, Barton Fink, so I'm not sure, sure who he played in that. Uh, Ellen McElduff, who played uh, the Wanda Junes. Yeah, she was yeah. the one that got it. With we the, uh, made you. Yeah, we made you. <laughs> she was so crazy in that. She was she in was. Desperate Hours, uh, Little Man Tate in JFK. One of my favorite character actors, I'm pretty sure we've talked about him on one of our character actor pods, is J.C. Quinn. He was the one that gets the gas in his eyes. Oh, yeah. He was in, he's been in a lot. He was in Brubaker, Silkwood, Chud, Vision Quest. Vision Quest, he played uh, the dad. You ever watch Vision Quest, the wrestling movie uh, with Matthew no. Modine? Mm-hmm. Uh, really good uh, wrestling movie, uh, like uh, high school wrestling. And he played his dad. He was in At Close Range. He played one of uh, Christopher Walken's asshole crew members. Heartbreak Ridge, Turner and Hooch, The uh-huh. Abyss, and Days of Thunder. I wow. just, I, I'm, I'm smiling because I'm just thinking of that scene where Emilio Estevez is holding up four fingers because he got diesel sprayed in his eye, yeah. and he's like, how many fingers am I holding up? Eight? Twelve? And I just wanted to be like, if that were me, I'd have to be like, well, it's got to be four because you're going up by digits of four. Like, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, man, and Man, he really that guy over the top that scene too. He acted like someone was cutting his arms off. The way oh, with the screaming. diesel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm sure it would hurt, but Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Halter Graham. This is like the only movie that I could see him from. It was the kid. The, I looked oh, the yeah. kid up on the bike, and uh, he looked like he would have been somebody that went went on to be yeah. someone famous. He wasn't. Frankie Faison, we had mentioned him. He's the one who drives the uh, Green Goblin truck. You may enter. Yeah, yeah. Coming to America is probably one of the more that in Silence of the Lambs. He plays the uh, the guard that says "Stay to the left." Oh, to the left. Uh, yeah. He he was really big on the show The Wire, but some other movies he was in was Cat People, Chud, Money Pit, Manhunter, uh, Mississippi Burning, Do the Right Thing, Free Jack, Hannibal. Yeah, Hannibal. He was great. He sold the sold Doctor Lecter's mask, mask yeah, at the beginning right. of the movie, man. Now, uh, Leon Rippey, 
who played uh, Brad. He just played one of the guys that was at the uh, that was at the truck stop the whole time. He's the one that he really looks. He's I often confuse him for Doctor Giggles, who's Larry Drake. Hmm. He looks kind of like them. He was uh, so this guy was he the son? No, he was an older guy, uh, kind of a rough older guy, balding. Uh, he was in Firestarter, The Color Purple, Raw Deal, Loose Cannons, U- uh, Young Guns 2, Cuffs, Universal Soldier, Stargate. He played the general in Stargate. Uh, the 13th Floor in The Patriot. He was good in The huh. Patriot, too. I'm blanking on him. Gene Carl Esposito was in this movie, and it's so weird. He just played the guy that was playing the video games. At the oh, truck stop. interesting. That's the guy from um, Do the Right Thing, you know? Why ain't you got any brothers on the wall, Sal? Uh, that's him? Yeah, that's him. He's also the the head bad guy in Breaking Bad. He's the wow. chicken guy. In yeah. Uh, also trading places. He was in the prison when uh, when he showed him the, uh, the quarter blood Five technique. Five quarter blood technique. <laughs> the quarter blood technique. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was also in Harley Davidson, the Marlboro Man. Uh, Marla Maples was in this movie. She played second woman. Now, Marla Maples used to be married to Donald Trump, and then she was the pretty, the only pretty wife he really had. Huh. And uh, she was alternate actress. She was one of the stewardess in Executive Decision. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, most notably, uh, Stephen King played the man at the uh, the bank ATM machine. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, what was it? Honey, this, Honey, this machine just called me an asshole. Just called me an asshole. <laughs> yeah, like. I love it. Now, for, for crew-wise, he... Usually I have a lot of credits and stuff to talk about with people with the crew, but the it, it's kind of a shoestring crew, and he wasn't using all the best people, which probably didn't make the whole experience even uh, better. But he did the writing and directing. He shit on himself more than anyone could possibly shit on himself. So, uh, But it's become a cult favorite. I mean, there's all these movies we're doing are cult favorites. Oh, yeah. Uh, the cinematographer was uh, Armando Nanunzi. He is not a big Stephen King fan, and you'll know why when I read the trivia. Oh, good. I'm anxious <laughs> to hear that. He had been famous for doing a ton of Italian films, but he also was the cinematographer for Silver Bullet, which is kind of exciting. Interesting. The editor. The editor was the same editor as The Exorcist, man. You could have stopped right there. Wow. You know? So he did The Exorcist, Sophie's Choice, Muppets Take Manhattan. You almost forget someone's <laughs> got to do the editing for that. It, why uh, is it that movies that end with Takes Manhattan are just good fucking movies? <laughs> <laughs> There's not many of them. I mean, you're either going to watch a frog or a serial killer. <laughs> and they're both great. I know. I can't argue with that. I own them both. <laughs> uh, he also edited uh, Presumed Innocent and Guilty of Sin. And the composer, ACDC. Yeah, fuck. It's so crazy. Just used their songs, basically. Yeah. I mean, I'm sh- and that noise. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Which was a very unsettling kind of psycho-esque noise. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the details before we get to the trivia here, and uh, then we'll go through the movie, and, and then we've got three scenes to do commentary over. That could All be right. good. Uh, so the release date, July 25th, 1986, got a rated R rating. For, I wonder why. Uh, no nudity, I don't think, but there was definitely violence and, oh, yeah. and language in it. Uh, filming locations all in North Carolina. Now, the budget was $10 million. Would you guess it made or lost? Oh, I or, that's broke, a, or broke even. That's a tough one, man. That's I, what I should ask for all these. Yeah, no, that's good. I like that. I'm gonna say it made four million dollars. No, oh. <laughs> you would be incorrect. It uh, it ended up making seven point four million. Okay, I was close. So it lost. Oh, it lost like yeah because it was cost ten to make, made seven point four. 
Oh, so, so it yeah. lost two point six. Right. So yeah, I mean, they didn't have to ask him to come back. He wasn't going to do it anyway. It actually broke even, but Stephen King used all that money for cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> some of these trivia is really interesting, man. So he said when asked why he hasn't directed a movie since Maximum Overdrive, his response was, "Just watch Maximum Overdrive." <laughs> Stephen King later admitted that he was coked out of his mind the entire time he was making the movie. Uh, now was he also there was a book that yeah was Cujo a, Cujo I he, knew it was he a wrote it over one. a weekend and he can't remember Just can't writing remember it, it. that's no, crazy it was crazy uh, the Greek Grublin uh, truck was trashed and then later bought by one person sold to another rebuilt and apparently the current owner now travels around with it at the horror and comic con that's awesome It'd be awesome dude. I'd love to get a picture with Fuck that man. yeah that would be a great one to see because a lot of I've been to a lot of cons and they have cars and you know you can get this guy's got a Batman yeah there's like 500 of them yeah I, I want the original I'll yeah. take a picture with yeah <laughs> is that the original mystery machine yeah Were those cartoons in that i was working an event one time down in orlando and it was at like a it was like a car club bar you know um and while we were there somebody with the batmobile and somebody with ecto-1 came oh, up awesome. and they were just hanging out for a while and they both like ecto-1 threw on his sirens and stuff and like it was pretty cool so apparently the truck stop was built 10 miles outside of Wilmington, North Carolina, and it was so convincing that trucks repeatedly stopped to fill up. <laughs> and they had to have somebody continuously keep great. them from pulling up. All right, now this is the big one. This is why Mr. Nanuzi is not a fan of Stephen King. On July 31st, 1985, an accident occurred where a radio-controlled lawnmower struck a block of wood which shot wood splinters at the director of photography. As a result, he lost his right eye. Wow. He sued Stephen King in 87 for $18 million, and the suit was settled out of court. Well, if it was settled for anything less than uh, 7.4, then... Uh, <laughs> Maybe it was that 2.6. They, really, they, really, they were really behind the uh, eight ball on that oh, one, so man. that really sucks. Well, yeah. Uh, it's long been rumored that George Romero actually ghost-directed a large portion of the film while King was seeking treatment for his cocaine addiction. Apparently, Romero was constantly on set, and King would frequently ask him for advice. And there's apparently there's a lot of Romero angles. Really? <laughs> See, I wouldn't know anything about I, I that. I would if someone told me beforehand, watch this movie and look for Romero shots yeah. because I definitely am familiar with a lot of Romero stuff. Uh, this was based on Stephen King's short story Trucks, which was in the book Night Shift, which I loved. It was one of the best. Does that one have the Shawshank Redemption in it? Uh, no, that was in different seasons. Mm. Uh, I Up to it... To an extent, I was a Stephen King fanatic with his books, and I haven't read any in the last 20 years. But up until probably uh, after Needful Things, I was I was on board, and I could tell you. But Night Shift was a great book because Night Shift, they made probably eight movies out of the— uh, There was oh, probably wow. 30 stories in there, mm -hmm. and they made movies out of like eight of them. Lawnmower Man was in there. Uh -huh. uh, Graveyard Shift was okay. in there. Uh, Trucks, for sure, was Night Shift. There was a bunch of different ones. Uh, Langoliers was another one that was in Four Past Midnight, though. Good stuff. All right, the movie was spoofed in The Simpsons, and the episode was titled Maximum Homer Drive. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very interesting that Lisa Simpson was in that movie, and exactly. then they spoofed it. That's great. Exactly. And apparently there's a, there's a moment in Maximum Overdrive where she says, eat my shorts to somebody. Really? Yes. That's interesting. So, so let's go through this movie here, we'll, and then we'll talk about some specific scenes. So when the movie starts, that's when we it starts right off with Stephen King's big scene, yeah. too, which is very Hitchcock of him because Hitchcock was famous for doing cameos. Yeah, 
but he wanted to do them at the very beginning of the movie if he was going to do them because he didn't want uh, people. To, he didn't want out. to take the audience yeah. out, which is a smart way of doing it. So I think he did Hitchcock style. <laughs> Nothing else in the movie was Hitchcock style. You know, <laughs> but I, I, I didn't notice, you know, before, but when I watched it last night, I noticed that the ticker above the bank mm -hmm. like says the day yep. and the temperature and then it says fuck yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, very like airplane type <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of gag there. But yeah, so that was kind of the initial thing. But they before that, they had the thing that came up on the screen that mentioned what's going on is the earth was caught in the tail of a comet. Yeah. And that it was going to be in the tail for like Seven. 72 hours, something yeah. like that. And so I think it was eight days. What's going on? And there, there's plot hole after plot hole in this movie. Oh my god! I, I mean, th there's certain machines that aren't running, which should be running. Yeah, it, there's a lot of that, but you kind of have to just go with it. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there were several times where I'm like, okay, so if all of the machines everywhere are controlled by something, and they're in the diner, how are they eating? How are they drinking? Yeah. How are they, you know, doing things? Because the video games, you know, like... Or how was the Bible salesman's truck not car not taken right. over? Right, or Lisa Simpson's, yeah. like, it's, you know, but it's okay. It's, yeah, it's, you gotta have to go with it. I think that's the problem with people that couldn't get past the kind of inconsistencies, I think, weren't watching it for its... If I was high on coke, I would think people wouldn't notice either. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we didn't grow up with this when we were like eight or ten years old, maybe we would have it's thought different fun, of it. It's still fun, though. Oh, it's like, still it's fun. It's still fun. It's still because fun. there's, there's com comedy to it, too. And some really good bloody kind of scenes in this movie, yeah. man. When that guy with the... Uh, uh, the gas in his eyes get hits by that truck. Oh, it yeah. looks good. Yeah, I mean they they hit something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was, but they definitely hit something. <laughs> so at the very beginning of the movie, we start gradually seeing things. All machines are being taken over by whatever the comet's doing. Right. It starts with the ATM, goes to the the drawbridge mm -hmm. where it goes up. And That's a good scene. It is a good scene. Yeah, and you can see the switches. I think there's a lot of like half open. Uh, like uh, gadgets in this movie, so somebody underneath could just be switching it, yeah, like the, yeah. the first AD yeah. uh, or the grip. But uh, who's a grip? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and they did a good job of kind of establishing who these characters were. I mean, we got to meet the people at the truck stop and the diner, and the Hender shot. Was it Hendershot? Is that his name? Uh, the, it sounds familiar. Uh, I think that's right. Yeah, Hendershot's the asshole who we find out is hoarding weapons like you wouldn't believe. Dude, in the he's basement. got a small armory down oh, there. Oh, for sure. Like, and Emilio Estevez is kind of the hot shot kind of... Was his job just like a janitorial type of thing? No, was he, he, the was, cook? he was the short order cook. He was the short order yeah. cook, all right. And then you had the over-the-top waitress, and you had a whole bunch of... They did a good job. A lot of it felt kind of like Tremors-esque. You know, it was... Yeah. Whoever was at the store at that time right. was kind of stuck at the store. Also like Legion. Um, with uh, the guy from uh, Plays Vision. Oh, Paul Bettany? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I like that movie. It's a good one. Yeah. Then the uh, what was good is they have a couple outsiders coming down. So the the Bible salesman picked up the cute girl, right. and, and the Bible salesman's just sleazy as hell. He puts his hand on her leg. Con constantly touching her, and she's taking his leg off his yeah. uh, hand off his leg. Then you've got the, the newlyweds, who is Yardley Smith and uh, Buster from uh, yeah. Digstown, and you can tell, man, that's going to be one hell of a relationship there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was just whiny as hell. I don't know if you ever remember the old um, Bonnie and Clyde. 
I do. They picked up, a, uh, they had a wow. couple with them that had somebody that just was like Yardley Smith, where you were like, shoot her in the head. Wait, was it not her? No, it was the, you ever watch Roseanne? It was Roseanne's mother. The woman who played Roseanne's mother in Roseanne. Really? She was the woman from Bonnie and Clyde. Wait, are you talking about the original one? Yeah, the original Bonnie oh, and Clyde. Okay, I'm thinking of the, there was like a remake. There was a remake? Of, yeah, oh, yeah, at I some point, that. I remember. Uh, no, this was the, uh, the Warren Beatty kind of one. Gotcha. Uh, but it was the same type of character, just so annoying that you were like, oh, my God, let a truck hit her. And, <laughs> and she made it to all the way through it, man. <laughs> it, what was interesting about it, too, and especially after you know the... Somebody uh, hit that bitch Somebody hit truck. that bitch, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, watch the movie. You will not disagree with me. Uh, it, it's weird knowing the George Romero stuff now because when you look at it, it really is kind of like a take on Night of the Living Dead. If you were to take the trucks out and yeah. put zombies in and they're all trying to get there and they get their guns and they have to make a run for it at one end, yep. it's like Night of the Living it's Dead, It's the dude. exact same thing. It is I, the exact that's same what thing. I, that, I said that to somebody yesterday. Yeah. Um, God, that's crazy. So I, it's no doubt that George Romero's like, hey, you know what I do know? I yeah. know these types of movies. Right. Because he had already done Dawn of the Dead, too. So, yeah, it would work perfectly. I mean, it's not a hard switch to zombie trucks. No. <laughs> I mean, certain certain directors and certain writers do those like large groups of very unique characters in a situation well. Stephen King, that's his whole jam, man. Yeah. Every Stephen King movie, it's always... Ten guys, one's an asshole, one's really likable, one's they're very cliche, but they all work. Right. And uh, Romero was always kind of that type of guy until a certain point. Then he kind of went off and did like the dark half and that uh, that uh, Bruiser movie and uh, Monkey Shines. But back then he was all about those large groups. So we get to see some really cool stuff. Uh, one of the scenes we're going to talk about is the baseball scene. Yeah. When it, when it took over the baseball team. But what I like after that scene is when he's riding his bike and the water, uh, the like uh, sprinklers. sprinklers are going off and on. Yeah. And he's seeing a lot of the aftermath. Like you could see the, the lawnmower uh, and they use some really nasty bloody effects in this. Yeah. The blood looked good. Yeah. That wasn't Romero because Romero's blood look always looked horrible. So yeah. <laughs> Stephen King must've hired his own guy for that. Uh, but then it kind of all came to a head when they got to the truck stop. That was kind of our main kind of base of operations yeah. at that truck stop. Uh, what was some of your like favorite stuff in this? So I, it's one of my favorite things is actually something that is just like how quickly the female role. I just don't know her name. Yeah. Like she's at that stop for an hour. Yeah. yeah. You know, and she instantly calls Emilio Estevez, like starts calling him hero and tells him she thinks he's cute. And like, I, it's so fucking corny that like, I literally, I was watching, I was like, are you fucking serious? But I love the fact that it's that corny. Like, I love that part of the movie, yeah. you know? Um, I love when Eddie Arcanian is running oh. and gets hit and gets knocked out of his shoes Yeah, because the truck's you going think he's in. dead. I oh, mean, until yeah. the end of the movie and he, he's almost like, Zo- turned into a zombie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he grabs that kid's leg and he's get me out of here. And his voice changes and everything. Yeah. It's kind of a weird kind of shift. But uh, I like when Hendershot was a prick from the beginning. But when we realized how many guns he had down there, it yeah. was great, man. Like when he and I think it might be one of the second scenes we're talking about. Let me look at the three. Oh, scenes. I got a really good. So scene. So we're, we're going to talk about the play ball. I I, I give these all 
uh, clever names. Nice. Remind me what it is. Play ball was my first one. Eddie oh. Arcadian gets creamed is nice. number two. And then the big gun arrives. Oh, okay. Is the, is the third scene. And that's yeah. when that kind of 50 cal just shows up yeah. on its own. And like a crappy little cart. Yeah, almost. I know, right? But it did some damage for it, sure. One scene that I really like, and it's, it, it's again, it's just like they had to throw it in there for... Uh, what do you call it? Continuance of the movie is when they get done pumping the gas. And mm-hmm. first of all, they like, they're so exhausted after pumping gas all day <laughs> that Emilio Estevez can barely walk. And it's like, bro, you're pumping gas, dude. Like the, the gas was a dollar eight. I know. Yeah, Did you see that for diesel? <laughs> yeah. It was a dollar eight. I was bro. like, Oh my God. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's like laying down and he's just exhausted to the point of like almost just, you know, death. And he just, he said, they're a broom, you know? And she's like, what are you talking about? And he basically gives up the theory that whatever this comet is, is actually aliens. And whatever's in this comet dust, they're coming down and taking over the machines and wiping us off the earth. And so like, they need a new place to to come and inhabit it free it, that's probably what freaked the uh the waitress out and she threw a fit right and so like it was just the weirdest way for them to explain what it was and so and that was just him it's having like hey, wait is that what we were watching right yeah no and that was just him having a theory so now this is just i i took a, a picture of this last night because this is how they wrap it up Okay. Oh shit! Now, give, us, give us it in a cool voice now. Here. Okay. So, <clears throat> two days after a large UFO was destroyed in space by a Russian quote weather satellite, which happened to be equipped with a laser cannon and Class Four nuclear missiles. Approximately six days later, the Earth passed beyond the tail of the Rhea M, exactly as predicted. The survivors of the Dixie Boy are still survivors. <laughs> Like it's so cheesy. it doesn't even make sense. They're like, okay, and by the way, it was a UFO and a Russian fucking weather satellite. You know that equipped, alien stuff? Nah. Equipped with lasers and nuclear missiles, took down the UFO. Like, and that's if that's not a Stephen King ending, I don't know what yeah. the fuck is, dude. Like, uh, it's very similar to like you, the ending of. Uh, the creep show episode that he was in when he was turning, uh, Meteor he turned, shit. yeah, when he turned green, it had like that whole, uh, kind of wrap up at the end yeah. by the newscaster and everything. So that definitely was Stephen King esque. Uh, I, I love how at any point these guys could have got out of there. <laughs> For know? real, dude. It's, it's not like it, zombies. I get, you know, there, there was a, after a while there's a horde and you only have so many weapons. And once there's a horde, there's nothing you can do. These guys just, just slip around the building. I know, right? Just, just there are back. woods right over yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, and they wait, a, they wait a good amount of time before they do it. And that's why it was cool that they at least kind of established. I think they could have even gone, uh, I think they could have even gone crazier with the uh, the Hendershot character. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of once they found the room full of guns, he kind of just gave up and let him stay in the room with the guns. Yeah, I would have been like, "No, nah, you're getting out of my gun room, dude." Yeah. Uh, I would have liked to have seen them kind of really lay into how much of a prick he was. Like started killing those. They guys. They could have gone totally uh, ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, John or Goodman. or another one that is a Stephen King is the Mist. What they did with the uh, the 
the Bible thumper mm-hmm. woman, how she turned everybody against uh, oh, that's the right. other group of people. Yeah. It would have been really great if Hendershots and they started really kind of turning on each other. They real, even the asshole, they were all still on the same side, mm-hmm. really, for the most part, other than maybe the Bible salesman, which kind of did that weird shift yeah. and everything. And Did he end up just dying in the ditch? I can't yeah. remember. He, just, yeah, died he just died in the ditch. The kid left him. Yeah, he well, he died while holding on to the kid. And yeah. when Emilio Estevez and Buster, God, I love the fact that he was in this fucking movie. It makes <laughs> it so much better. When those two get to him, he's got a hold of him, but he's dead. Yeah. And they free him and, and bring the kid. I love when they they all at some point are going to just make that run to the dock. Their idea is let's go on a dock. Yeah. Let's get to the, uh, to the, uh, uh, to the boat, to the boat and to the yeah. Island. But how why come, wouldn't the boats be taken over? The boats were running I would be great. It, that would have been my move. You've got, you've got down the dock and every one of those things are just out there driving in yeah. circles. Well, see, that could have been maximum overdrive second gear. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, just do some more Coke, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, to be on the set, man, oh, must have been God, must dude. have been great too. They need credit for being able to put out kind of a semi-logical movie that was still enjoyable to, yeah. for people too. No, and it was, it was, it was I, enjoyable. It was like you said, it was Swiss Swiss cheese as far as plot holes, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But like horror movies back then were like that, though. Yeah, they, yeah. they weren't. You could just pump out things that were just semi all right it, it just now everyone's trying to be jordan peele you know he's got I mean, a new movie coming yeah up. nope uh <laughs> <laughs> no no he does no no nope. <laughs> we could do this all day long people no no really he does <laughs> <laughs> and it, he's great he's very artistic and i love all his stuff but i think everyone's aiming for that when you could you could do a lot more yeah. like basket case uh type of movies yeah and it would really satisfy a lot of people i and i think well, I totally agree. Um, I, I think one of my, again, favorite corny things about this movie is when the people do get fucking just hit by a semi-truck. Yeah. Oh, it happens. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> or the explosions. A lot of good explosions. This absolutely. This pre-digital dude. shit. They yeah. blew some shit the, up in the this movie. The Dixie Boy, Dixie Diner, whatever oh, it's yeah. called, that thing got blown yeah, fucking Yeah, they had some weapons high, in this movie, dude, man. If anything, know. just watch it for that. Yeah. But yeah, no, this dude is such a fun movie, man. All right, I say we jump to some of these scenes. Yeah, for those I, of you I, who are watching with us, our first scene is going to be the baseball scene, and it's going to be at thirteen minutes and thirty-one seconds. This is one of my favorite scenes. I just didn't want to talk I about it. it since you said we were cool. All right, well, I'm going to pull it up right now. Yeah. All right. Yeah, this is one of my favorite scenes, dude. Too, I man. remember when yesterday. I remember like it was such a long time ago. Like when this scene came on, I I got excited because this is one of my favorite. As scenes. a kid, you were like, and we're gonna play at thirteen thirty one seconds in now. <clears throat> As a kid, we were we were like this age, you know, playing baseball and stuff like that. Yeah, and I don't know what it was. I I think it was the uh, the fact that it was so violent. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't pull back on a lot of his stunts, and it kind of makes sense when you hear a story like, "Oh, he got a sh- somebody had a shard in their eye and lost their eye." Yeah, because this guy, if you told me he got really knocked out by a can in his head, I'd believe it. Yeah. So we're watching the the, the well, baseball coach is buying the team sodas, and you know the machines aren't working. And the kids are now like, oh, no sodas. So they're all sad. Oh. And it's funny. This machine shoots out a, a can into his balls, but then to his chest. 
and then he leans over and boom, straight oh. to his fucking right eye. The head one was yeah, really nasty. So now it's just shooting cans out at all the and, kids. And, and the it's kids like a pitching running. machine. <clears throat> oh, but the mark that's on him is kind of crazy. Yeah, man, dude. look at that thing. Look at that. That I, is nasty. Oof. They really made a great one. It, and I always luckily, thought that was great too. The yeah. kid put his catcher's mask on his head and just taking shots. How many sodas does this thing have in it? Yeah, I guess those machines would have probably thirty or forty. So, oh, oh you like that makeup is like you're—it's right in the foreground of the screen, so there's no hiding how good it is, too. And it's a can-sized dent in his forehead. Oh, this is the best. Too. Oh, dude! <clears throat> so a steamroller comes out of nowhere and goes on the baseball field. Is going about to run this kid over, like run a child over with a steamroller. Goes over his bike. And they show. Oh, they they show his head like go underneath it, and oh. the blood stain. And this kid just runs for his bike. That's a fast ass steamroller. Heck Most yeah. of these vehicles are kind of slow. That guy right there, he is cruising. Yeah. All right, we're gonna stop that there, and we're gonna jump to thirty minutes and thirty seconds. We're gonna see Eddie Arcadian getting creamed. All right. Now we're coming from a scene where he's. <laughs> He is getting chased by the lawnmower first before we go to that other scene. It's the lawnmower <laughs> boy. That's the lawnmower that will take out an eye, man. Yeah, that's crazy. That is pretty crazy. So that lawnmower is just chasing him down the street. So yeah, now we go back to the truck stop where Eddie Arcadian is really trying to sell these Bibles. Man. Yeah. Oh, my God. He almost doesn't even look like the same person. No, he doesn't. He doesn't sound like him either. No, he's totally doing a completely different voice than the Eddie Arcadian voice. Until this happens to his Cadillac. And That's then true. You can, and then you can hear him turn into Eddie Arcadian. Well, he gets pissed. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, we're seeing uh, oh, we're seeing the guy that got the gas in the eyes. Oh, looks horrible. Yeah. Don't be wandering out where there's vehicles. It's like wandering out in the street when you can't see. Now... Somebody's already been killed at this point, right? Uh, she's been, her arm has been cut. That's for sure. Okay. That might have been the only thing. I'm not sure if anyone actually died at this point. But the the Green Goblin truck already moved, right? I'm not sure at this point what has moved. I don't think a whole lot has happened at this point. <sighs> but man, his death coming up here is great, man. Yeah. Yeah, I love Pat Hingle as an asshole, man. I mean, he, he plays an asshole in a lot of different, like I said, he, a lot of Clint Eastwood movies where he plays an angry bartender. But again, in Brewster's Million, he plays a really yeah, good, very nice sweet guy. guy. Probably the sweetest guy in the movie. He would have been a good uh, Jay Jameson. He would have been, yeah. <clears throat> oh, so we see random trucks start moving. This might have been the first truck we saw move. And he's heading right towards And J he drops JC. his keys. Watch how hard he hits hits. Yeah. Boom, oh, dude. Man. I mean, there was a splatter there was on a there, crazy, dude. It doesn't really match him on the ground, the, how much blood is yeah. on oh, the grill of that God. truck. It's really crazy. Oh, but he ain't done. No. <laughs> he's about to take out Eddie's friggin' car. Oh. And he's cruising, too. Oh, yeah. Boom. Oh. Semi just hitting this beautiful Cadillac. Look at that. Oh, Dump trash on it like he was oh. Biff Tannen. <laughs> yeah, like he was Biff Tannen. <laughs> I hate uh. manure. 
I love Eddie thinks enough to grab his Bibles. I know. Like he's somebody's like, going to steal them. So he's in the middle of the truck stop parking lot screaming at a truck that has no driver. Yeah. And he's just cussing him out, screaming at him. And the truck circles around him. Saying the most interesting square words like he's got Tourette's. Yeah. <laughs> you scumball. You puss bag. Man, the eyes on the friggin' Green, green goblin, goblin. Yeah. That glows. I don't know whose idea that was. And that pr- I'm I'm guessing it wasn't part of the truck. I'm wondering if it happened with the possession. Now, see, I love how right there he goes to scream at the truck and he flicks it off. Yeah. And he looks in and he realizes that... There's no one there. There's no one there. <gasps> and here's the music. That ring, music and... Ring, ring. Eddie, you should have totally got away. Yeah. Zig left. No one ever zigs left. Someone took a shot. I know a ninja you could have hired. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, love how the shoes him are there. out of his shoes, yeah. dude. That is crazy. All right. And they run uh, over the Run over the Bibles, Bibles just Come to make now. it worse? Come I on, I didn't notice man. that before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump... Uh, Jump forward to the big gun scene, man, because this was, man, they really got a lot of really great stuff happening in this scene. Um, so that is at one hour and nine minutes and 35 seconds. I'm looking forward to that one. See you there. All right. Now they are at like the trucks now are all moving and they're all like circling the entire kind of truck stop and creating a perimeter. But at some point, yeah, they stop, and the little kid notices, oh, something's happening. Yeah. And a new guy has showed up in town. <laughs> and it's interesting that they, they could have they could have brought a tank in. They could have brought a whole bunch of other stuff in. I guess there was somewhat nudity in the movie. Oh, yeah. We are seeing a lot of penthouse photos on someone's wall. <laughs> oh, I forgot the caterpillar comes in first. So a, a bulldozer basically comes in this kind of setting the stage for the big gun to come in after him. It's interesting. Yeah, how he's they, right behind him. It's interesting how they actually like make the, the vehicles almost have a military aspect to them. Yeah. Yeah. You it, know, man, they had to just go crazy with the remote controls in this movie. Oh, they, they had just, to have. they must've invented some cool stuff and rigs. Uh, and I'm, I bet the tractor trailer trucks, they're probably just controlling it from the back seat. Huh. So there's a Bic truck and also a uh, rolling paper truck. I always love that guy. What the fuck is going on here? It made <laughs> yeah. no sense. He just came right in. Yeah, he, he was never in the movie up to that point, yeah. was he? I'm just maybe sitting there eating a burger or something like that. <laughs> so all the trucks are doing something. So it must be, it would interest the hell out of me what the hell's going on. But the second you saw this cart coming up with this 50 cal on or whatever the hell, yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be a 30 cal maybe. How many it's a how fucking, much ammo? It's a fucking Rambo machine gun. Yeah, it's a machine gun. And it's got a crazy kind of it's be a, clip of some sort. It's got to be a 500 that just round box. just feeding type of stuff. Oh. Bubba. Oh, it's going to take out. It's like they're purposely doing, like you said, like military operations. Like, all right, we're going to push the car into the truck stop, and that will be what we do before we kind of... Uh, start blowing everything away well it's like they're letting them know listen we have the total capabilities to just go ahead and crush this but instead we're going to let you know that we can communicate and we're going to tell you give us gas or we're going to kill you yeah like you know that's really what they want from yeah they just want their gas they, well Hendershot just took off into the other room so it's, it's interesting that it took this long before he decided to go for his guns because yeah. he could have at any time blown these fuckers up he's got a 
straight up bazooka. And he's putting a spare one in his pocket. Well, but they've used the bazooka already at this point. Have they? Yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing is he brings the bazooka oh, to, to shoot the it. caterpillar. He shoots it from inside the store. I love it. Oh, here comes the, yeah. the big machine gun. It's going to take Pat Hingle out. The squibs are quite good here, too. He hits one of the guys here with some squibs, and yeah. it looks really good. So I think it's the Hendershot's girl, it? down. No, I thought it was one of the guys here. So it's just shooting the entire... That, that guy. One, yeah. Oh, that's some that was Paul Verhoeven-type shit right there. That was a really good pattern. Was that the what-the-fuck guy? Yeah. I think it was. You got to say the best line, and you got the best squibs on you. Yeah. yeah, like Robocop squibs is still the best squibs in any movie I've ever seen. But, man, they did a good job in this one. Ugh. Just... Some of them must not have turned out well because they cut to it right after the squibs have already gone off. Right. Well, that's what happened with, uh, what's his name there, the the store owner, Bubba. Yeah. You know, he was just already shot when they shot cut back yeah, to if him. If it so. looked good, they would have shown it on camera. I'm not sure who was directing at that point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so crazy, man. <clears throat> what do I have this at? Oh, yeah, it's coming up here. Oh, this yeah. girl's going to go crazy here. It's awesome. We created you. I love it. I love her freakouts, man. She does it like three times. Yeah. This one's especially good because she grabs that fucking bazooka. Yeah. Now they slow play it too, like everyone's watching her. What is the crazy waitress gonna do? I know, yeah. Instead of somebody being like, "Hey, hey, just, just whatever you're gonna do, just stop it." Maybe because... her grabbing the bazooka was a bad idea, right? <laughs> Did he load another one in there? I'm pretty sure it's just one shot. Yeah, one he must have loaded the other one in there after he shot it. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, here we she goes. Who made who? We made you. Oh, oh yeah, boom, her squibs. There's were great. some squibs too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and she accidentally and she, boom, sets off the bazooka. It's Miller time. We're gonna get the ah, uh, oh, great explosion, man. Yeah. And they got it all on film. Good, di good death too. Yeah. It was a great little face she made. Yeah, I mean, in in the like you said, in with the the plot holes and everything. There's some good scenes kind of jumbled in there. Yeah. I, you know, I really like the way that a little further on they take this one out, the the military truck. Shall out. we continue? We can continue. I mean, I think it's Let's after. Let's do it, man. I, I think it's like after the, uh, the pump scene. Oh, I'll jump ahead. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because remember, it starts going off in Morse code, and the kid knows Morse code. He got a badge in it. Um, in the Cub Scouts over the summer. Damn, I forgot all about that. Yeah, so he's the one that's able to decode and, and realize that, you know, they want gas or they'll basically just kill us. And, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool that they finally were like, hey, there's your exhaustion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't know where it is. That's all right. Yeah, oh, it's just that. Well, it's okay. I, can I spoil that sure, scene anyways? Sure, spoil it. So he, he finds a grenade down in the little armory that's in the bottom because mm -hmm. Bubba's been killed, so it's kind of a free-for-all now. Oh, yeah. I would um, be packing, man. Oh, dude. And well, the thing is, too, is there's a fucking tunnel out of there, and yeah, they're yeah. just staying there, dude. Yeah. Like, so anyways, um, 
he gets one of the other guys and he's talking to him and they're right next to the, the gun vehicle there. And, uh, the gun's pointing at him and he even goes, Hey, 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 give us a minute. This is people stuff. You wouldn't understand (laughs) about this. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And Emilio Estevez is just continuing this like random conversation that the other guy doesn't understand. Yeah. And he pulls the pin on the grenade and drops it on the truck. And he's Mm -hmm. like, run. And they fucking blow the truck up, dude. It's a great scene, dude. Yeah. Oh, I love it. You know, I mean, it's fun. Yeah. You're not getting anything more than what I mean. If you read the synopsis for this movie, I oh. mean, you're already in on it. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to complain about after you hear oh, trucks and uh, mechanical items are coming alive and taking people out? Yeah. If you listen to our pod and you're listening to Obsessed with the Obscure and you haven't seen this movie, do yourself a favor oh, yeah, yeah. and go fucking watch this movie, I mean, you know? It was based off of probably a seven-page short story yeah. in, in Night Shift, too. Yeah. Similar with, uh, I, I think, Lawnmower Man was five pages, and Graveyard Shift was 22 pages or really? something. And th- just to be able to make a movie off of that kind of premise is kind of ingenious. And, I mean, it's Stephen King, you know? Yeah. I mean, you got something from Stephen King. Yeah, no, this was uh, for rent on Amazon for three ninety nine for purchase for four ninety nine. <laughs> so I just went ahead and fucking bought it. Wait, so, man, you know. year from now you'll be happy you did. Exactly, yeah. you know. Yeah, you can't beat that, so check it out. <clears throat> well, that'll be good for this episode and this week. We have some exciting ones coming up, though. So next week, we're either going to be bringing you Deal of the Century with me and Dave, which is an awesome, obscure movie. And not an obscure director, William Freakin, the director of uh, Exorcist and French Connection, but one of his more obscure movies that no one knows about for some reason, and even some Chevy Chase fans don't know about it. So we're going to talk to you about that movie. And then me and Justin are going to bring you Short Time with Dagny Coleman, which is always one of my... It's one of the best premises of a movie ever, man. So good. It's it's fun just to explain that premise to somebody, and you're like, you know how this is gonna go. Yeah. This is gonna be great. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got some. Uh, I I think we've we're gonna do uh, Enemy Mine coming up. Me and Dave are gonna uh, enlighten you with some boxing, Helena. Uh, we're also going to talk some uh, Legend of Billy Jean's going to be in there someplace. We're going to talk Stay Tuned with John Ritter. So just tons of obscure movies that we're going to kind of break apart and talk about and geek over. So if you want to get a hold of us, you could check us out on our Facebook at uh, Fastway Films at our uh, fascinating films under uh, Facebook, uh, our email. I wanted to give the email there. Our email is fascinating with films at gmail.com. And if you're on our two platforms, iTunes or SoundCloud, if you want to leave us a like or a comment, we'd appreciate it. But yeah, shoot us a message on Facebook or through email. Let us know what your favorite obscure movies are. Uh, we'd love to talk about them and uh, maybe even talk about them on the air. So till next week, see you. We're the best podcast ever. You want a war? You got one.